It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Tennessee Titans released three veteran players on Wednesday that all happen to be at the positions of need for the Chicago Bears. But do they fit what Ryan Poles is building in Chicago? You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. You can join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. On the show today, we look at the Tennessee Titans salary cap casualties a little bit more closely and see why they became available, what they might provide to a team like the Chicago Bears, and whether that lines up nicely for a team with, like the Bears that have big needs and have a lot of salary cap space to bring in the players that other teams didn't want to pay their 2023 salary. And of course, the Bears would get them at a much reduced price. We'll start with wide receiver Robert Woods, who the Bears were reportedly interested in trading for last offseason. We'll look at left tackle Taylor Luan and see if he might be a veteran fit on this Bears offensive line. And we'll wrap up with Zach Cunningham, the linebacker who recently led the NFL in tackles. Could he be a replacement for Roquan Smith or Nick Morrow in the middle of this Bears defense? Robert Woods is a name that there has to be some lingering interest here from Ryan Poles, given that when he was traded last year from the Los Angeles Rams to the Tennessee Titans, it was reported, was it Tom Pelissero or Jeff Darlington, one of the insiders that's not the big two, reported that the Bears were among the other teams who had expressed strong interest and were, had reached out about trading for Robert Woods. And reportedly, Robert Woods was like given the opportunity to choose which team he wanted to be traded to and picked the Tennessee Titans out of the bunch. Perhaps, maybe even though Tennessee didn't work out for him, I, I can see why he might not have picked the Chicago Bears in that decision-making process. Kind of a, a separate discussion there. But now Robert Woods is about to be 31 years old, goes to Tennessee, became kind of their number one wide receiver this year because you know they traded A.J. Brown after Robert Woods already got there. He was going to kind of be the number two to Brown, but then ended up being the number one on a, a team of wide receivers that really wasn't much better than even what the Bears were doing. This was another bottom of the NFL wide receiving core, and he kind of saw that reflected in him being their leading receiver with 53 catches, 527 yards, and two touchdowns. That's slightly less, slightly fewer receiving yards than Cole Komet by comparison. Would have been more than any Bears wide receiver, but fewer than Cole Komet in terms of Bears receivers, but led the team. And that was his full, like, 
17-game season. Now, this was his first year coming off of an ACL tear in 2021. It's why he was traded for only a or like a six-round pick, I think, is what the Titans ended up giving up for him. And so everyone kind of wanted to see how good he would be at, you know, already over 30 and coming off of what can be a super serious knee injury, one that players have been seemingly better and better at recovering from and returning to full strength after. But he certainly did not look like full strength this year. And how much of that is ACL injury? How much of that is age and how much of that is a Tennessee Titans offense that, you know, just wasn't passing the ball very well, that he had to be the number one option and kind of the only option with any kind of, you know, reputation and attention seeking at wide receiver that defenses could kind of key in on him as the guy to try and take away. And they didn't have a lot else to throw to. I imagine it's probably a combination of those things, but you know, a, a Titans fans, and I was talking to Tyler Rowland from Lockdown Titans, you know, mentioned a guy like Robert Woods not being able to separate as well as they thought. You know, he was a guy with the Rams that was a good route runner and a guy who just found ways to get open, despite not being the fastest or the most explosive guy. But he's got some speed and some explosion, and he's not humongous either, but he's just kind of shifty, sneaky, savvy type route runner that, that gets open. And he wasn't able to create as much of that separation this season. You also saw him be relatively ineffective after the catch. He's never been, you know, Tyree Kill dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. But like this year, despite playing pretty much a full season, four, zero missed tackles forced after the catch. Just not a guy who was able to create a ton for himself. But we're not that far removed from him being a thousand yard guy with the Los Angeles Rams for like three years straight. Like we've seen him be a highly productive wide receiver in highly productive offenses. Offenses where he hasn't had to be the number one option and the number one wide receiver. And option offenses with generally better quarterbacking play than we, what we saw the Tennessee Titans get this past season and a better defense to complement that and better overall situations, better offensive scheme, I think, comparatively too. And so it kind of leaves Robert Woods up in the air. He's not, he's not going to come to Chicago and be that number one game changer wide receiver. But could he be a veteran with some proven track record and consistency here to rotate in as that, you know, number three, number four type with Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool in the mix there? And, you know, give you another body there that you feel like there's a certain level of, there's a certain floor there, a certain level of consistency that you can expect that he might not get back to being a thousand yard receiver anymore, but he's not going to be paid like a thousand yard receiver anymore. He could be pretty low salary a guy that you feel like you're going to get at least a 500-yard type guy out of him at a minimum. And if Mooney can have a bounce-back season, if Claypool can have a bounce-back season, if the Bears' offense can get going a little bit more, you can spread the ball around. There's not as much focus on any one of them. Maybe there's some room for getting more out of Robert Woods this year than what the Tennessee Titans were able to do last year, especially when you look at this free agent wide receiver class and see that it's not a particularly strong group at any point. And maybe Robert Woods becomes a, a cheaper option compared to some of the other younger guys on the free agent market. And signing him does not preclude you from drafting another wide receiver or signing even more players. Just add more bodies at that position. You can never have too many. It's also not a particularly deep free agent class at the offensive tackle position. Despite there being some big names at the top, it, it, the drop-off there, once you get past the big two especially, maybe the big three, uh, kind of trails off and you get... A bunch of guys. So coming up, we'll figure out whether 
Taylor Luan being released from the Tennessee Titans becomes a realistic option for the Bears as maybe a better version of what they had in Riley Reef this past season? That's next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers are getting a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It guarantees you're getting something win or lose. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Free money back into your account to keep playing. You just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on XFL games if you just don't have enough football fix. You can bet on the NFL draft, the upcoming season, plus the midpoint of the NBA season, hockey season, and then we got baseball season right around the corner as well. So many different ways to play with FanDuel. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL and NBA. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Taylor Luan is not the kind of free agent offensive lineman signing that's going to get you excited like, oh man, the Chicago Bears solved that position, locked it down, good to go, that spot is settled. No. But depending on how free agency plays out here, you know, the Bears might not want to pay Orlando Brown 20 plus million dollars a year. They might not want to pay Mike McGlinchey I don't know exactly what range he's going to be at 15, 16, 18 million dollars a year, whatever that ends up getting up to as he looks for the highest bidder. And once you start getting past those guys, it gets a little bit more slim pickings. And a guy like Taylor Luan can be that veteran flyer option that you certainly have to know the risks that you're taking with that signing. But we also know he's a darn good veteran, consistent left tackle who can shore up a spot when he is healthy and on the field. That's been his biggest challenge really over the last two or three years. And that's why that's a large reason why the Tennessee Titans released him, despite him being a big fan favorite in Tennessee and a guy that didn't necessarily want to leave and would have, I think, preferred to try and maybe even finish his career with the Titans. But finances is also a, a factor in there, too. And, and ultimately, they, they made the decision to move on. He's 31 right now. I think he turns 32 later this spring. So we're talking about an older veteran offensive lineman on the wider spectrum of the league, tore his ACL this past season in week two. Presumably that should leave him plenty of time to be ready, certainly by next season, if not presumably by training camp, you would hope. If tore it in September, it's a nine-month recovery that puts you back in June. Maybe given that he's had multiple ACL tears now, which we're about to get to, even, even, if, he's, even if it's a 10 or 11th month recovery, that still gives you July, August to have him back for training camp, maybe then at the very latest. I don't know the exact status of how that recovery is going, but he also tore his ACL in 2020. And in 2021, he had some kind of lingering 
knee trouble and I think he ended up playing like 13 or so games that season, but it was kind of on and off throughout. But he hasn't really played a full season since like 2018. He played 12 games in 2019, five in 2020, 13 in 2021, and two this past season. So a couple of seasons of double-digit games and a couple of seasons of single-digit games over the last four years. Given that record, he's not a guy that you, again, you sign and say, 17-game left tackle, there he is. Boom, locking it down. But even when he's played and been injured, he's still been playing at a pretty darn high level. The two games this season before the ACL, he was looking like standard quality Taylor Luan. And even even the previous year, 2021, when he was in and out of lineup with the knee injury, he wasn't as good, but it wasn't like he was terrible. He was not a turnstile. He was not a shell of him. I mean, a relative shell of himself, but right, it wasn't like he was a disaster. It wasn't like he was, you know, clearly this bad tackle who needed to just be on the bench. He was reduced quality, but not low quality at the same time. And he's been a three-time Pro Bowler, and it's sort of maybe not quite Pro Bowl level when healthy, but very good level when healthy. But these four years of injuries, man, that that adds up. He's a guy who has been quoted on his podcast, like kind of sounds like a guy who's considering the possibility of maybe retiring or, you know, retiring soon, just given how much he's had to deal with with the injuries. He's also a guy who years ago had kind of expressed some stubbornness about only playing left tackle. And you start to think about him as a fit with the Chicago Bears. I think it's been more than five years since those quotes where he said, no, I'm a left tackle. Like, uh, don't don't try and move me to right the right side. I play left tackle. Time and age and experience and, and adversity can change minds on that sort of thing. But you start to when you start to apply to the Chicago Bears, right? Like, do you put him? Would you put him at left tackle and try and move Braxton Jones to right tackle? Would you make Braxton Jones the backup, understanding that there's a good chance Taylor Luan will get hurt and Braxton Jones will get to play? Or do you try and make Taylor Luan play right tackle and have Larry Borum as that backup competition option if if slash win Taylor Luan gets hurt? It feels to me more like a question of not not if he will get hurt, but for how many games. Will he be injured this season? But if you can get 12, 13 games out of him at his solid, not quite Pro Bowl, but average to above average offensive tackle level, and he's super cheap coming off an injury, that can be a really good value. That's why I try and I kind of compare him a little bit to Riley Reef. Reef did not have the same injury concerns, but he, he was also older and didn't have quite the peak Taylor Luan had earlier in, in his career. But if you could get that cheap veteran kind of prove it contract where it's a one-year deal and you put a bunch of escalators in there to say, we're going to pay you $2 million, but if you play 10 games, we'll pay you $5 million. And if you pay 17 games, we'll pay you $10 million. You know, some kind of staging it like that, maybe not those exact numbers, but you get the idea, right? But he's a guy that gives you some options with the young players that you have on the roster. Because I think there is still some reason to believe in Larry Borum, not a guy that you want to just put out there as the starter, but keep developing him, right? We're not giving up on Larry Borum's career, but we're slowing down. We're hitting the pause button a little bit on having him be in the starting lineup. You also have Alex Leatherwood. And there's a lot of potential still there that, you know, more time to develop and learn and grow and be coached up. You know, could you have a guy like Taylor Luan in the starting lineup? And if he gets hurt, you have a couple of different young player options at offensive tackle to throw in there, and maybe you're not super confident in there, but maybe you think between Leatherwood and Borum, someone could develop and be a good backup option, knowing that you do have Luan as the first option and a guy that, you know, you, you feel like you can get something out of. And it's also important to remember, too, that, like, offensive linemen across the board 
often get hurt. I don't think we often account for, like we think like most players don't get hurt, but most players do get hurt. And we don't always account for how often they get hurt. That on this Bears offensive line this season, two players played every game or most snaps in every game. Braxton Jones and, and Sam Mustafer. Cody Whitehair missed time. Tevin Jenkins missed time. Larry Borum missed time. Riley Reef missed time. I mean, yes, the Bears maybe had a, a more rotational-based system than other teams might, but still most teams have one or two guys miss significant time on the offensive line. So it's not as though it's this big unexpected thing if somebody like Taylor Luan or any other offensive lineman gets hurt during the course of the season. So it's a little bit easier to stomach when you sort of go in expecting that, hey, we need to prepare that multiple guys are probably going to be injured and we need to have good backup options just in case. Luan's not a sexy name. It's not a name you get excited about necessarily in terms of the durability, but the skill is still there and it'd be a good veteran option if you don't get the top of the market guys and then it starts becoming a crapshoot of who do you like out of the rest of the second and third tiers of offensive tackles that don't really wow you and end up just being guys kind of in a similar type of category, even if maybe just a little bit younger and a little bit less injury prone in that way. If you want to get a little bit younger, one of the other Tennessee Titans salary cap casualties is much more in his prime, but carries some of his own red flags as well. So coming up, would Zach Cunningham, the linebacker, be a good fit next to Jack Sanborn in this Bears lineup or even just the number three linebacker, a starting linebacker, a player who's led the NFL in tackles before? We'll dive into what his resume looks like and what that might fit with the Chicago Bears next on Locked on Bears. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Zach Cunningham is kind of a tough evaluation because he's a guy that has some very clear strengths and weaknesses and you can find a role for that, but he might not be able to do everything you would ideally want him to do. And I think that's part of why he's a free agent and a salary cap casualty from the Tennessee Titans. He's a guy who has been ultra productive at times in his career. He has a knack, particularly in the running game, for getting to the ball carrier. Now, there, there were multiple seasons in Houston. We had 142 tackles one year and 164 tackles the next year, including 106 solo tackles. Both of those led the NFL. He knows how to get downhill and get to the ball carrier. It's a pretty impressive skill of his. He's very solid in run defense consistently through his career. Now, the Houston Texans, cut him in 2021, a year after being the NFL's leading tackler. There were some quotes from coaches about him. He missed a COVID test that uh, that he was required to take as part of some of those protocols. And they, they hinted at some other discipline issues. Like I get the impression like team meeting type stuff, whether that's being late or missing them or whatever it is, we don't know the specifics, but those sorts of off field things that are more like internal organization things, as opposed to like, you know, getting in legal trouble type of situations. But he was kind of cast aside from Houston, came to Tennessee, was a pretty solid contributor for them when he joined in 2021 at the end of that season, came in this year and had some decent production and then really st started with some injuries. He had an elbow thing and I think something else kind of nicked and buzzed him throughout the year. 
and he only played in about six games and finished the year on injured reserve. And a big salary cap hit coming into 2023 this year. They cut him, saved about $9 million because I think Tennessee picked him up off waivers, so they inherited the contract he had from Houston, which he had signed a big deal after having all those tackles, and then things kind of fell apart from there. But he's still only 28 years old. I mean, we're talking prime of his career and a guy who's, again, would help the Bears in an area that they struggled in terms of stopping the run. Ton of tackles. That's great. The problem is, and the reason why he wasn't worth that money to them and, and why, uh, why he's available right now, he misses a lot of tackles. He makes a lot of tackles, but he misses a lot of tackles. You know, the same year he led the league in tackles, he also led the league in missed tackles, which tells you he does a really good job of getting to the ball. He is getting to the ball carrier more often than any other player in the NFL, at least that year is when he was leading the league, but struggles to really truly finish at all times, wrapping up on those plays. I mean, we're talking, I think he had 22 missed tackles one season and then another year after he had like 14, like one plus missed tackle per game in these key situations. And that's, that's tough. I mean, it's like you, you love the 140 that he did make more than the 22 that he missed, like percentage wise. He's still probably a net positive, certainly in that area. But when you combine that with him not being very good in coverage, he's just kind of stiff and not natural. Like he's a downhill linebacker. He's not a backing up linebacker. You know, I'd, he not, he's not the same as Nick Kwiatkowski, but like that, that's the kind of mold we think of like downhill linebacker who's just doesn't quite have it in, in, in coverage. And he's not a guy that you necessarily ideally want on the field in third down. So there's some limit to that value for your team. Like I think ideally... In this Bears defense, you got the 4-3 defense. He's that third linebacker in base defense because in base, you're more often going to be facing a running play than a passing play, and he can be really solid in that area of the field. If you need him in nickel package, I mean, he can get by. He's not god-awful in coverage, but it's just not, not a strength, not an area he does particularly well. And ideally, you would like better, but you can see the value of having some really good depth like that. And if you know if you're confident in Sanborn as one of your two interior, one of your two nickel linebackers, your middle linebacker, perhaps you, know, you can go out and pair him with a veteran like Cunningham as that number three linebacker, and try and get a real athlete to pair with him as that other nickel linebacker, that will linebacker, and maybe you can build yourself a young, a young aggressive linebacking core in there. But you know he's not like all three of these guys, right? They're the Titans' trash. For a reason, and they're not going to necessarily be the Bears treasure, but they could be Bears good value signings. I'll throw in a quick bonus fourth player that the Titans released that maybe the Bears could have some interest in their kicker, Randy Bullock. They saved some decent money by releasing him. And there's been some question as to whether or not Cairo Santos could be a salary cap casualty for the Bears just because of he missed those five extra points last season. Personally, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll stick with him. I think he kind of fixed the extra point issue by the end of the season and still hit 91% of his field goals and was pretty darn solid. He missed two field goals all year and, you know, one from the 50-plus range and one from 40 to 49. He was very, very good on field goals, above average on field goals, and just kind of had some weird yips-type things on extra point that seemed to be figured out, and he's not that expensive overall. But if the Bears were to move on from Cairo Santos, which, again, I don't think is going to happen, Randy Bullock's an option there. He's, he he made every extra point this past season, if that's a big deal to the Bears. And he's about he's been about 85% on field goals for the last couple of seasons. You know, 100% when he's under 40 yards, automatic on the shorter kicks, misses a few of the longer ones. Like, he seems like exceptionally average NFL kicker Randy Bullock, which is 
a cheaper alternative potentially if you did want to get rid of Cairo Santos, but I'm I'm still willing to roll with Cairo Santos and, and give another shot. And I think the Bears are too, so I'm not expecting that to be one of the changes that they do make. But Bullock is available as another one of these Tennessee Titans cap casualties that the Bears might want to take a look at. As we see other teams make other cap casualties available, if there's big names that might fit the Chicago Bears, you can be sure we're going to talk about them right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We've had some salary cap casualty discussions already on this podcast looking at other guys who could become available. So if you want to get a more full list of names that haven't been cut yet but could very well be cut, go look. It was the February 9th podcast on Locked on Bears. The full title was Keenan Allen, Khalil Mack, and Top Potential Cap Casualty Targets for the Chicago Bears. Boy, would those guys be exciting, Keenan Allen and Khalil Mack. So if you want more on those other cap casualties, go check out that February 9th episode of the podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today, and maybe your first listen every single day. Make sure you come on back for another episode of Locked on Bears tomorrow and another opportunity for you to bear down. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.